Officer, what's going on here? You, you Wait, you're kicking us out? You're kicking Baylor out of this house because of one loss to West Virginia? That's a tough place to play in West Virginia. You out of your mind? You know how hard it is to play? Yeah, I know Gonzaga hasn't lost, and it's alpha undefeated pie. But come on. They, they, we'd be four ranked. T- oh, so you want me to go? Okay, so we have to go down the street. That's what it is. So we're not. Wait. Wait, Shemek's going to the pool? So you're telling me the only team that can stay in this house is Gonzaga. I see it, Howie. That's fine. You know what? You're going to kick us out. That's fine. We'll go down the street. We'll go down to Lambda, one loss Lambda. You know why? We're going down there. We're going to see some great teams down there. We got some great You got Kansas down there. Huh? Oh, what's that? Okay, we just can't come back in here. So we got to get out of here. That's fine. You know what, guys? Let's take our stuff. That's fine. And now the only founder is Gus Kearns. So Mike Randall can't even go back inside. So the founder's gone. So you've eliminated anything that has to do with Baylor. That's fine. You know what? We're going down to see St. Mary's. We're going to get them ready for Saturday. We're coming back, Shemek. You keep laughing with that spatula on your hand, huh? You just keep cooking those burgers. That's fine. Yo, it's cute. It's cute. Mountain Mama. It's cute. It's very nice. All right, fellas. You haven't heard the last one. We'll be back. We'll see you at 10 o'clock. We'll be back here. You know. You'll see. Hey, boys. Ready? Older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Well, that certainly was frustrating. My stay in Alpha Undefeated Pie was pretty much one night. Uh, Welcome to the Screen the Screener Podcast where we talk all things NCAA college basketball. Gus, the frat party is still going. You are in there. You have a solo picture as the founder. I think Nigel Williams-Goss is now in the pool upstairs because Jonathan Motley is not. And Baylor and I are out on the curb going down to the one lost house where we're rallying St. Mary's right now (laughs) to try to bring you down with us. Uh, How you doing, my friend? I'm great. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna challenge. I'm gonna challenge Josh Perkins to a game of ping pong now that the table's open. <laughs> it's wide open. <laughs> hey, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, listeners out there. We're so happy and honored to chat some NCA hoops with you guys. Um, we'll keep it short. We want to aid in your commute, of course, to and fro. Uh, we want to fill in those gaps while you're waiting for your NFL football playoff games to start this weekend. So fill it in with Screen the Screener. And, of course, we want to give you some talking points 
during halftime of these games when you're talking with your buddies, friends, or family. Um, hey, you know what might be good? Let's talk about uh, Gonzaga St. Mary's. That's a big game tonight. Gonzaga's still the only undefeated team. You bring that up, you're going to sound pretty smart. Um, and we just want to say ahoy out there uh, to our ever-increasing audience. Hey out there, at Trail Vibes. Keep hitting the trail. Love that you're getting on some soft surfaces. Ahoy out there, at Waika78. Don't put anybody in a headlock. And ahoy out there, at Mr. Singleton. Love that you're hitting the theater. Keep doing your thing. Uh, Mike and I are honored, humbled, and thankful to talk NCAA hoops with you guys. Uh, Mike, do we just need to talk about Baylor right away? Uh, wait, let's just get it out. It's you know, it's 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 a process, Gus. I think we need to to work with me here as I'm on the couch here for you. Didn't you like it as we're leaving after the police came to the frat house? They put on uh, Den- John Denver. That was nice to serenade <laughs> us as they're they're arresting us and sticking I mean, us out of the house. Mountain. How Mama. many times do you think that got played that evening in West Virginia? Uh, I mean, you can see you can see right now. Nigel Williams Goss is in the pool. West Virginia's loving it. They were all singing it on the court when they stormed. Listen, it was a great win for West Virginia. We knew the line was fishy. I refused to admit it. I was too mm-hmm. stubborn. The number one team in the country, it was seven at one point. That should not happen. West Virginia is really tough. Huggins has done a great job. Press Virginia, the whole bit. They sped them up. They were able to rebound. Um, there's not much to say, my friend. It was a ass whooping, and uh, Baylor is not number one. It was a great win for West Virginia. They have now beaten Baylor. And they have now beaten Virginia. So they have beaten the slowdown teams. I don't think you want to run with them. Uh, they're going to be good all year. And it was a great win for West Virginia. Why don't you give the rest? Because I'm going to sit here and go through my withdrawal. <laughs> the first step is accepting it, right? Is that, is that the first step, right? <laughs> look, look, the shine should not go that much off of Baylor. Um uh, I think the thing, one of the things that stands out from this game is uh, the press Virginia has the cool nickname. Uh, you know, they, they run their guys in and out, but really their offense is getting ignored. They are really efficient and really well oiled on offense. They have some weapons. One of those weapons, Nathan Adrian, he was the best player on the floor in this game. It wasn't Jonathan Motley. It wasn't Jolo. It wasn't Manu. It was Nathan Adrian. He had 22 points, six boards, and of course, three steals. Um, the story here was the ugly, really, really hard to look at 29 Baylor turnovers. Um, cue the John Denver. <laughs> Mike's avatar is switched. I've been practicing. I've been practicing. Ready? <laughs> West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, Nathan Adrian. <laughs> oh, and West Virginia had 15 steals, and they even out-rebounded the Bears. And we can go back to the March Madness uh, and the the press conference where uh, Baylor broke down how they got out-rebounded by Yale. So that really reared its ugly head again. Um, and it doesn't get any easier for Baylor either. They have to go to the Octagon of Doom and go visit Kansas State this weekend. Yikes. This Big 12, this stuff isn't easy. This isn't kids' play here. Yeah, I th- we'll get to this later, Gus. That Kansas State game is going to tell us all we need to know about Baylor. 
Okay, yep. because you look at Creighton, who uh-huh. lost at home to Villanova, and then they've taken care of business. Okay, and that's what you see with your great teams, UCLA, the Dylan Brooks shot. They've taken care of business. Baylor's got to take care of business here because you can't lose it. Like Kansas State is very good. Octagon and Doom, they're ranked now. They should mm-hmm. have had Kansas. The Mahi with 12 steps, fine. But this is a tough game, but it's a game they have to win. I I was disappointed. First off, I think in, in the, the turnovers that occurred initially in the first half of the game, I do not attribute to West Virginia's press. Dribbling off your leg when you break the pressure going three on one. You want to say they sped them up? I'm not buying it. They had a lot of sloppy, bad pass turnovers, and then the press really crushed them in the second half. That's when West Virginia just, you know, revved it up. But it was sloppy. They weren't ready to go. It was a, a true road game, which they hadn't really had this year. So I, I think that was a really good point that I think you brought up last time. Um, that's it. And 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 listen, West Virginia is so unselfish. It doesn't matter who scores. No. I just wonder, Gus, if that's – I feel like their path in March Madness has to be very special. If they play Kentucky, my guess is when we get to March, Kentucky will just run with them and eventually – the Nathan Adrians of the world, they won't have 26. You know, there's a floor to what he's going to have against a Kentucky, a ceiling rather, but Malik Monk can have 40. So I think they need the right draw, but I was very impressed. They don't care who gets the shot. They're in and out. The players love Huggins. They hug him. You can just tell, like, there's a fondness there. He's done a great job. It was a rear end kicking. I don't think we can leave out of the equation the weight of the number one. I think the weight of the number one ranking weighed heavily on the Bears. Not that they're a bad team. Not that they played unbelievably undisciplined. I just think that that played a role and that was part of the equation in this particular game. And I think now that that weight is off of them, I think we're going to see the Baylor from the Louisville game. I think we're going to see the you know, the Baylor that got them to that number one ranking. I think now that they've gotten that out of the way, it's kind of like they've gotten their loss out of the way early. Um, I think we're going to see a reversion back to their former selves. So I'm not off the Baylor bandwagon. I know you are not, but I do think that was part of the equation here in this game. And I can understand the sloppiness, the dribbling off of the leg, the carelessness with the ball, just the uncertainty of how to handle themselves in this moment with that uh, ranking and uh, that that requires something that you can't practice and replicate uh, on the practice floor or in the locker room. Like you have to be, you have to go through it and live it authentically, and then go back and revisit it again. So hopefully they get that chance to go back and revisit it again, and that that second time around, that third time around they're going to be well-schooled with it because there's no way you can replicate that um, situation as an athlete or as a team. So I, I want to see them get another opportunity to play in a big-time stage, maybe not as the number one team, but maybe playing Kansas as like the number three team. That would be good. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, I just was disheartened by the amount that they lost by. Not that they lost. I said that. I, I thought maybe they could lose, but I, I thought for sure getting the six points would be solid. That was a destruction. And yes, the, it's very similar to when Rocky Balboa faced a, faced a Clever Lang. First three minutes, Rocky comes out jabbing. And all of a sudden, he gets hit in the mouth. Like Mike Tyson said, everybody's a plan. They get hit in the mouth. And then they didn't know what to do. And they had no execution. They are a controlled tempo team. They can't get down big. The Louisville game... Louisville missed a lot of shots in the half court. King McClure got hot. 
neither of those happened in this game. And so the right. league just just exploded. But yeah, I, yeah, listen, I expect Baylor to bounce back. I, I do think they're going to be Kansas State. But the way that they lost this game was really troubling. I think, and your point right there just speaks very simply to how inefficient Louisville is can be offensively and how underratedly so efficient West Virginia is on the offensive end. I, I think that was def- the definite difference. Yeah. You know, with that said, Gus, let's turn our attention to news and notes from other places. News and notes from the hardwood. Number six, Kentucky was very efficient over Vandy at Vandy. Uh, 78, uh, I'm sorry, 87-81. It was closer than you thought, wasn't it? We thought it was closer than we thought, too. Um, just when you thought Malik Monk was having like an off game or a comeback down to earth game, he kind of saves the day for uh, for Kentucky with six points in like the final like 45 seconds to seal the win. Uh, Fox had another uber efficient game with 20, 22 points in 25 minutes. And Briscoe filled up the stat sheet again with 23, 7, and 5. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because I'm seeing a redux here. I'm seeing Justice Winslow from Duke all over again. It's a good one. But without the three-point shot. Yeah, it's a good one. It's Everything a, it's that one. he does is the exact same thing that Winslow did last year for Duke. Yeah, it's so critical. He really is the critical piece to this team because he settles them down. He's the leader. I mean, he's probably like, you know, they're also young. He's probably like 16. He's the leader. But uh, yeah. that's a great comparison. Very, very good comparison. Minus the three-point. He's a big guy. He's a right. you know, strong defender. He's a great one. I totally am on board. Uh, it's just another nice win for Kentucky. You know what? They're quietly careening towards another number one seed at March. That's yeah. what they're doing right now. They're, you know, I was thinking today, it's amazing when you think about this tournament. And obviously, we all have our own bias, biases. And, you know, I'm a fan of the smaller schools. But part of me thinks, Gus, that this I could see a UCLA, Kentucky, UNC, Kansas Final Four. It is possible <laughs> that we could get something. I don't think it's going to happen. But these teams are strong. Kentucky's going to be a major, major issue by the time the year ends. When they're losing games, I mean, this is a road game in Vanderbilt. They were up. Vandy came back a little bit. It's fine, okay. The the, the you know the benches at the end of the end the end line. It's fine, okay. But this is a good win. It's a road win. Kentucky's young, like you said. Just when you thought Monk was off, he comes in and hits some big shots. So he has that yep. gene. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're setting themselves up to be Kentucky, right? <laughs> what they are, and. I think the last last little element of this particular Kentucky segment, which we'll probably revi- revisit probably, I don't know, 17 more times this season, is their backcourt is so gifted. Fox and Monk are possibly the best backcourt in the nation as freshmen right now, today, this moment you're listening to this podcast. That is a, that is a very, very real possibility. And the fact that they are freshmen um, and they have – all of the offensive uh, uh, assignments and, and responsibilities, and and they're running them efficiently. I'm unbelievably impressed, and I can't wait for to see how much better they're going to get because that always happens with Calipari kids. They get better the second half of the season. If they're going to get better from where they're at now, like that's scary for the rest of the nation. It may be scary to think also, Gus, that Calipari is actually a genius. 
Okay. He's basically taken talent and motivated the talent. How do you do that? You get the best mm-hmm. talent. They're only going to stay one year because then they're going to be motivated or not motivated on campus. So they're going to go somewhere else. And he's taken talent and motivation and has put it together. And he's built this this juggernaut now. Fox and, and, and Monk are unbelievable in the backcourt. You know my thoughts on Fox. The length, the defense, yeah. the whole thing. They're going to be a major, major issue. Next up, let's hit, uh, let's hit number three, Nova. Number 15, Xavier. Uh, yeah. Game was close for a while, Gus, and then it wasn't close. Uh, and, um, you know, this was a game Xavier didn't need. You know, Miles Davis coming back in the flow. I think he played 13 minutes, no points. Fine. Uh, but Nova is Nova. Nova's great. You know what's funny? What team, Gus, ain't gonna, isn't going to make the Final Four? Nova, Kansas, Kentucky, uh, all these teams that we talk, UNC, UCLA. Somebody's not making it. In fact, more than one is probably not making it, but they look so good. How can you not pick – if the tournament started tomorrow, how could you not pick Villanova? I mean, my goodness. I, gosh. They, they can beat anybody on a neutral court. It, it's, it's just that simple. They're, they're, they're unbelievably efficient. They're disciplined. They, they do what we love to say all the time. They run their stuff. They run their stuff really well. They don't deviate from that. Josh Hart, Chris Jenkins, 20 points each in this game. It sounds like the proper recipe for taking down a live – uh, Xavier team. Um, Xavier, way too many missed threes in this game. They put up so many shots from three. Uh, they had been shooting it okay, but they have too many student athletes to find creases and drive it in. Sumner, Blewett, uh, Makara. Um, you can't you can't shoot that poorly from three and expect to defeat the defending national champions. Um, you mentioned this, but worth noting, Miles Davis is back, which Make, gets me thinking. When do you think uh, Alonzo Trier is going to get back? Speaking of guys that have been away from the game that are important to their team. You know, we've been talking about this since the preseason. Uh, we're hoping that he gets back the exact same way that Miles gets back and finds his way back into the rotation. And if you're all Big East point guard, Edmund Summer, is going to shoot it three for 15, it's just ugly. You're not going to beat Villanova if your point guard's going to shoot three for 15. Yeah, Nova finds its get-right win, and after the tough Butler loss, and uh, yeah, I mean, after this game, like, why wouldn't you pick them again to go to the Final Four? It just seems silly at this point. Yeah, the Trier thing I'll speak on later. We're going to have a new segment for you folks. It's coming up later where I'm going to have Ooh. one of my diatribes about, about Trier. Nice. One of, one of the best coaching jobs in the country. Right now he's my coach of the year, and no one's going to understand why he is, and we'll get into that a little bit later. A good, mm-hmm. great win for Nova. They're great. They're deep. I'm starting to hear rumors now that Booth may be redshirted. That would hurt him if he doesn't come back a little bit. But they're going to be tough. They take the challenge. You can tell they want it. They're hungry. They want a second title in a row. Haven't seen that since the Florida team that went back-to-back with Billy Donovan. Great win for Nova. Happened for Xavier. Xavier's going to tell us a lot about the next game that we'll talk about uh, later coming up. (laughs) Yes, they will. It does not get any easier for Xavier. I'm going to give you some props here. You called this. You had this in your sights for since this game uh, got its line and, 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 and things started falling into place. Number nine, Florida State over number seven, Duke, 88-72. And we're just going to say welcome to the party, Florida State. So happy that you were able to handle that pressure of your top ten ranking and then play to that top ten ranking. Xavier Raython Mays had 18 of his 21 
in the second half. So he almost pulled like another one of those uh, games that you referenced uh, uh, last podcast where he went off for like 30 in the last five minutes against UNC and almost pulled the game out for them. Um, and you know what the other thing is too? He was matched up against Grayson Allen for a lot of the game. Uh, so he took this game personally. He treated it as a big-time matchup. And he treated it as like, I need to win my personal matchup so my team can win this game, which is a cool thing to see and watch like interwoven into the whole entire game. Um, and again, I hate that we have to have this conversation again, but one might ask, like, why is Allen even playing? It's ridiculous. After, after seemingly kicking the BC player, like – if the if this question and topic is going to live on for the whole AC season, like what are we even talking about? Like why are why are like if we're still talking about it, why isn't he sitting down and 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 stepping aside? It just seems like it's an it's a topic that's not going to go away. But as we mentioned last podcast, like Mike and I both understand the value of this topic that brings attention to the sport that we love. So it's just this. It's this odd dichotomy of like we're talking about it, but we don't like talking about it. It's it's Gus. It's ridiculous. He absolutely pushed the coach. The Florida State coach is a classy guy, so he's going to let him off the hook. You, we have fallen into the crowd. It's happened all the time in the NBA. You don't push the guy in the shoulders off. That's re- you can get up another way. You're not a 90 year old person that can't get out of the chair. It was totally intentional. He has an impulse con- impulse control problem, which Max Kellerman said on ESPN totally true he's gonna get popped in the face at some point he's gonna, it's, it's out of control it's not it's micromanaging people don't go into the stands and push people in the face lebron james has done it it's ridiculous that coach let him off the hook he has an impulse control problem it's like the leitner stamp times a hundred stomp times a hundred it's absolutely absurd i can't take it anymore it's now every game that we watch is going to be when is grayson allen going to do something cheap that's what it comes down to, and he deserves it. I, I was letting him off the hook. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. There's going to be a brawl. It's going to happen because I'm done. It, it's ridiculous. Oh, you bumped into me? Oh, I poke you in the eye. Oh, you bumped into me? I sweep your legs. Oh, you bumped into me? I hit you in the privates. Enough. I, I, enough. No. Say it's, it's so Just get, get up. Get up and walk back in the game. I'm sorry. I can't take it anymore. And lost in all this? It was an excellent win for Florida State. They're for real in this crazy ACC race. Down goes Duke. Down goes UVA. Yeah, guess who's next? Tar Heels are next for Florida State. Can't wait to watch that one this weekend. If they pull off that trifecta, I mean, why aren't we talking about them for the Final Four? If they can can possibly do that, that would be amazing, Um, taking down the the three big lead dogs in the ACC. I thought it was an easy easy pick. My even Steven is alive, right? Get one wrong, get one right. I thought it was an easy move. No Krzyzewski, no Emil Jefferson. Tatum's played well. He's the freshman who's played well. Frank Jackson does not look like he's ready to be the starting point guard for Duke. I know we have Giles and Bolden. They're working themselves in. Grayson's going to go off on somebody. They could hold down Kenora. They're a good defensive team. Leonard Hamilton's had success before. It was an easy one. It was an easy one. Duke would have to be an absolute juggernaut of a team with all those things stacked against him to go win in Florida State. So thanks for yeah. the props. Yeah, you win some, even a blind squirrel finds a nut, Gus, once in a while. But uh, yeah, yeah, that one to me was, was an easy one. Let's, uh, let's transition into UNC about your yeah. Tar Heels. You got them going in the Final Four, which, by okay. the way, everyone, we are up on YouTube. So please, we're going to put snippets of the show up on YouTube. If you Google 
Uh, if you search on YouTube College Basketball Podcast, that's what it's listed under, you'll see the screen, the screener ball. We will have 15 to 20-minute segments up there. We just posted our preseason final four picks, and the hits are really starting to add up right now. So, of course, you can find us on Twitter at SDS Podcast. You can email the show, Gmail, SDS Podcast at Gmail. Follow Gus, Currents 12 follow me, Fantasy FTSY Warrior Mike, and go to YouTube, please. YouTube, we're there. The podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Rate us. We love it. We appreciate the support. We're rolling right now. Just got to throw that in. But your UNC team that you predicted to the Final Four held off a, a tough Danny Manning Wake Forest team, but yeah. great teams find a way to win on the road in the conference, don't they, Gus? Justin Jackson hit a huge three with about a minute to play to seal the deal for UNC. Yeah, but he's, uh, but he's soft. He's, Isn't he soft? Impl- yeah, yeah. Whoever, again, whoever printed that, just stop it. Just he, He's so not soft. Again, we, we said this before on a previous podcast. The only reason that the, that person typed that Justin Jackson is soft is because he's actually a well-practiced player that actually has included a mid-range game that is a, lo- a lost art. In basketball, he has a floater. He has a mid-range jumper. The fact that he has those elements in his game, you think he's soft. I just think he's well practiced and really well schooled and really well coached. Um, UNC was up like 19 in the second half, so we had like a almost another like Nevada slash Stony Brook moment here, um, but with a marquee team, uh, uh, you know, a top 11 uh, ACC legend team on the wrong end of it here. But Justin Jackson kind of saved the day. Does this mean the ACC is a bit tougher than we thought at the bottom and the mid? Take a look at BC's win over uh, NC State and, and, and Pitt almost beating Louisville behind Artis' 43 points. Or do we dare say that UNC is just not as good as we thought on the defensive end? I'm not sure which way to go with this. I'm not sure if the, the conference as a whole is a little bit better than we thought or UNC isn't as efficient defensively as we, we thought in, uh, initially. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I'm not sure. Um, either way, the top of the ACC is stacked, and we can't wait to see this Florida State-UNC matchup this weekend at Chapel Hill. And Joel Berry continues his crazy efficient ways. 18 points, 7 dimes on 7 of 12 shooting. Um, we'll get to him a little bit later on um, how I think he's going to play this weekend. But uh, you know what? Sometimes good teams need wins like this on the uh, need wins like this, and you're going to have to close out a team that's a little bit lesser talent-wise, uh, a little lesser uh, record-wise, and have to close them out uh, the last two minutes. And that's what UNC did in this game. And that's what they did. And if we're going to praise Villanova because they won the championship last year, we also have to praise UNC. They have guys back that are hungry. Joel Berry's hungry. Justin Jackson's hungry. Both of them could have declared. They decided to come back. They have some freshmen that are talented as well. They're going to have um, Pinson coming back soon. They have a great coach. So UNC is going to be a tough out. I'm going to put this out on Twitter later. I want to see who would win if these two teams played for the national championship right now. UCLA, UNC. You know, I want to, I'm going to do some matchups on Twitter, and we'll see what we get the votes back at. Yeah. But, um, I, listen, UNC is really good. This was a nice win. These games are going to happen. Love the comparisons. I think UNC, th- their stock up is going up for me. I did not think they were strong in the beginning of the year. But they got all the pieces. They got the secondary break. They got the big guys inside, Meeks and Hicks. I mean, they're going to be very, very good. Uh, your analysis, as always, totally, totally spot on. That FSU-UNC game is must-watch. The team that I have really gotten high on is Louisville. And number 14, mm-hmm. Louisville, escaped at home with an 85-80 win over Pitt. Um, Kevin Stallings comes in with Pitt. Make room on the crowd at all ACC team for Jamel Artis, Gus. How did Jamel Artis do against Louisville's tough defense? 
You know what he did? He pulled a Dwayne Bacon. That's exactly what he did. Saved my bacon. He went for 43 points. Now, you may think, like, oh, what's the big deal? Like, why are you making a big deal out of a pit player going for 43 points? Here, here are a couple elements you need to pay attention to. Number, number one, 32 were in the second half. Okay. Number two, Louisville is the number one ranked def- defense efficiency team ranked by Ken Palm. So he put up 43 points against supposedly, quote unquote, the best defensive team in the country. If we're going to pay attention to anything, we want to pay attention to unbelievable uh, performances like artists against a very disciplined and very well-schooled Cardinal team. Um, I, again, you know, we, we talked about this when uh, Bacon went for um, uh, 26 in the second half against UVA, the number two ranked efficient, uh, number two defense, d- defensive uh, uh, efficiency ranked team by Ken Palm. Um, I think we can rank this artist game like right below that one. Uh, they didn't get the win like Florida State did over UVA, but they kept it close. Uh, you know what? Quentin Snyder had another great game. It's what be, it's what becoming it's becoming like normal for him to put up big numbers in big games. Twenty two points, and you remember what he did against Kansas, uh, against uh, Kentucky, right? He played Fox to like an absolute standstill. And I gotta tell you, Mitchell from Louisville, he is just fun to watch. Um, you know, we mentioned a uh, uh, Roach Junior from Texas on one of our initial podcasts way back. Um, that he's like this highlight waiting to happen. And, and, and Texas has been a little down from what we expected them to be. But I got to tell you what, Mitchell is not disappointing. Um, it seems like every Louisville game, he has some sort of highlight that you need to see. Um, and Louisville is just way too long. It takes like an otherworldly performance, like for them to get defeated. So like take Artis's performance here, take like your Baylor Bears performance in the second half. Like, it takes something unbelievably special to derail this Cardinal team. Like, like if you're just going to play, like, average or slightly above average, you don't have a chance. It takes, like, something, like, otherworldly for for you to take down this Cardinal team. Um, and uh, artists totally made this team sweat in the second half. And speaking of sweat, did you see Patino on the sidelines for this game? I did. I, did. I loved it. I loved this. <laughs> The uh, the guy who did the summaries like uh, this guy who did the summaries like, hey Scarface is at the game actually Al Pacino uh, I can see him there sitting with the cocaine in that movie right uh, a totally random thought with that that you triggered my memory I yes. saw this on Twitter did you see on Twitter that there was a elementary school play with kids who could not have been Gus more than third or fourth grade mm-hmm. they did Scarface really and so there's the scene they show is of Pacino sitting there with the cocaine pile and this is other third and fourth grade girl who's combing her hair like i forget who the the actress was in that movie turn around and go all you do is sell your cocaine and sell your drug and uh, and, and the guy the the twitter guy writes is this really happening (laughs) that this is the elementary school production scarface i don't know where it was but you don't look just like that character on the sideline totally did he, he he looked a little panicked, a little gassed. Um, yeah, he yeah he he was sweating it out a little bit. It wasn't a bad look for coach. I mean, I think I think he made it work. No, and 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 Louisville, all what we say, Gus, he they, they always get better every year as the year goes on. Every they, single year, they end well. This is probably one of his his, his best 
teams in terms of size. The guards are good. Mitchell and Snyder are going to be very solid, just as good as you know the, the players of the past, the Terrence Williams, the Earl Clarks. You know they're nice. fine. They're fine. I mean they're not you know they're not Russ Smith scores, but they're fine. Mm. He's going to rotate them in. They're all buying in. Um, this is going to be a very very good team. I was really impressed with Pitt. That's a nice one. Pitt is screaming the the eight nine game in the tournament at the end of the year. Uh, Louisville with a, with a great win, but they, they're going to be very very good. And oh by the way, Duke comes to town on Saturday. Gus, get your popcorn ready because I'm going to have another prediction on that one, and it ain't yeah. going to be too kind to Coach Gable. Okay. <laughs> so you know what you know what I think we need to bring up. I am so happy that we are discussing Louisville on the court after all of the rigmarole that. They were hit with preseason and at the end of last season. I am so happy we're talking about their success on the court, and I hope that we can continue doing that. And do you think in the back of the minds of the players that were on that team last year that didn't get the chance to play in the postseason, do you you think it's hanging around in their psyche a little bit? Oh, of course. Of course, and they're angry about it because that team was, you know, and they did the right thing, Louisville, very smart. They did. But, yeah, I'm so glad as well. They make everyone better. They are like the second tier powerhouse that no one's talking about. Like they're with those top five teams that we mentioned. And it's amazing to me. Again, the three or four of those are probably not making the final four. I have a lot of pride in the next one, my friend. You should. Number eight, Creighton. I also um, correctly predicted that one to toot my own horn, right? Uh, Creighton blew out Butler uh, 75-64 and really wasn't that close. Yeah, uh, you, you you called for for the the double digit win here, and that's exactly what Creighton gave you. A really impressive call on your part, um, and it's it's almost like they followed your script. And they're, and they're, listen, I think they're good. Bo Watson is is one of the best point guards in the country. It's Herman Mason. We've talked about this. Uh, finish at the rim multiple ways. Twenty one points. Uh, Keelan Martin did not shoot it well. You said it best. It's such a perfect statement. Uh, you talked about if player X does not play well on the road, then team Y or team Z has no shot to win. It's so true. Martin has to score for them. Creighton is not going to be slowed down, particularly at home. That's not going to be a 55-50 game. You, you can't do that. Maybe, could Cincinnati do it? Maybe. I don't know. But they got a score. He didn't. And Creighton just took off Gus and, and did their thing. You know what? Um, especially that equation always holds true like on the road. If, if you're going to beat a high-level team on the road, then your best player has to play their best. Um, Martin didn't play his best, thus Butler losing. It's a pretty simple equation to follow, um, but it's so hard to predict. Um, and Creighton, Creighton got balanced play from its top-shelf starting five. Like We need to p- start paying attention to their starting five. Their starting five is, is, is among the best in the nation. Um, and what's scary about their starting five, you know what? Foster only scored nine points. So they they blew out this Butler team <laughs> that 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 just beat the number one team in the country with their starting uh, shooting guard um, who could be an All Big East player with nine points. That's the scariest part about this whole equation. Yeah, I, and- I, I'm, I, I think stock up for your Creighton Final Four pick. Yeah, and that's what I thought about Foster. Foster is such a, you know, I came from a Big 12 team, and I'm just going to fit in here. I'm happy to be here. 
He will take over when this team is struggling. It is not a coincidence that he had his best game when Watson got in foul trouble against Villanova Mm -hmm. because if he doesn't score, they're losing. But if Watson is in the flow and he's hitting Patton and they're hitting some threes, he's not going to force the game. He's going to, as I criticize Ben McLemore, he's going to let the game come to him in a good way. But if he needs to, he can go for 30 in any game. But he's not going to force it because he knows that the team is going to get better around him. You know, as as they as they win, the team around him is going to get better. And so he didn't need it this game, so he put it into neutral. I say kudos to Foster. Kudos to Foster for a couple of reasons. Number one, he realizes the opportunity that he has here in Creighton, and he realizes the the teammates that he's playing with. Kudos to Foster for trusting his coaching staff and trusting his teammates. And not trying to go like hero ball and say, like, I need to go get mine. Kudos to Foster for buying into the system and trusting the system uh, that they have in Creighton. And knowing that it's okay if I only go for nine in a ranked against ranked, a ranked team against ranked team game. I'm cool with that. So you know what? He has found the perfect place for him to shine. And I hope that later on this season, we are giving him more kudos for lighting somebody up and going for 30, just like you said he's going to. Yeah, totally true. And and uh, those are the ones, some of the ones I got right. But, Gus, we're a full disclosure podcast. And one of the ones that you nailed on the head when you said it, and I did not, was Sparty at home against Minnesota. Richard Patino, thank you for getting destroyed. Go ahead, Gus. <laughs> so, listen – we can totally parallel this and mirror this to the Baylor game, right? When's the last time Minnesota was ranked? Go ahead. Ugh. You got anything for me? No. Uh, no, no. They haven't been ranked in eons, okay? So they get they see that number 24 next to their name. You know it's weighing so heavily on them. Oh my goodness, we're ranked like we're good. Are we are we good? I don't know if we're good. Like <laughs> all of this doubt is probably rolling through their head and guess who they have to play? They have to play Izzo and Sparty. And guess who's back? Miles Bridges. So can we please just start this by asking the question, how valuable is Miles Bridges? The conversation needs to start happening right now. So screen the screener is going to start it. He's unbelievably valuable. I don't I don't know if we can put like some sort of like, um, um, you know, number on how valuable he is, but he's immensely valuable to that team, um, perhaps as valuable to any player in the country. OK, <laughs> that, that's how I'm putting Miles Bridges. They are four in one in the Big Ten. And mostly because he's back and playing well. Yeah, and I remember Izzo just speaking about how the team is struggling, and I'm looking up, and they're four and one. Yeah, and and I said, here he goes again. Shame on me, Gus. Shame on me for underestimating Michigan State at home. Shame on me, Minnesota. They lost at home without Miles Bridges to Michigan State. They're not winning in Michigan State. Just a bad job by Mike Randall. Gosh. So the dynamic freshman had all 16 of his points in the first half, putting this game out of reach early and just quieting everybody down. Very, very quietly. Shh. Keep it down in the library, Shunny. There she is. She's back. Sparty is 4-1 and in the Big Ten, and they are set to battle Whiskey and Purdue um, after the minus mile swoon. You know what you keep an eye on, too? Can everybody please keep an eye on Josh Langford? He's a fellow freshman with my uh, with Miles Bridges. 
He had 13 points, a whole bunch in the first half when uh, you know Sparty put uh, put the game out of reach. He's going to do big things aside Miles uh, at Michigan State. So I'm just going to advise all the all the viewers out there and the, and the listeners out there, keep an eye on Langford. And if Miles doesn't go off, Langford just might. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and Michigan State's riding the ship, and they're going to be a total pain, and they're going to be underseated because of the early losses, and no number one team wants to see them as the four. And here we go again, Mr. Izzo and Mr. Patino. You are stuck in this sort of amoeba-like middle ground purgatory with USC in are we good, are we not good area. But that's a segment for another time. That is another segment for another time, and and, and I'm just going to answer that super quickly right here. Yeah, they're just good. Like they're they're, they're they're good. Nobody should be doubting that. Um, speaking of good, I think we need to take a little temperature on some teams. Is that possible, Mike Randall? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to hit a little stock watch. This is a new segment. Let us know. Uh, tweet to us uh, at SDS Podcast or or write to the show at at uh, um, SDS Podcast at Gmail if you like it and. It's the stock watch. We're going to take a look tonight. Tonight, I'm going to do some teams for stock up and stock down, uh, three of each. And then next time, Gus will give you three stock up, stock down teams. Let's just hit that uh, stock market closing bell. Fantastic. Uh, so new segment here called stock watch. We take teams that we feel are trending up and trending down in college basketball and we're going to give you three to keep tags on and the all-important momentum that's moving in our favor. So I'm a positive guy. This is a positive podcast. We're going to start with the stock ups. And where else, Gus, would I start with my first stock up of our podcast history here than the Creighton Blue Jays? Uh, uh, can you please go stock up on your Final Four preseason selection, please? After that tough loss at home to Villanova, the Blue Jays have responded in fine fashion. They have a 13-point win at St. John's, a 14-point win at Providence, and then last night, 11-point win at home against Butler, which really wasn't that close. Uh, three minutes in, Gus, to that second half game, it was 52-27. Creighton, the game was over. Butler was the 12th-ranked team in the country, and St. John's and Providence are solid road wins. So there's a team in the biggest game in Creighton history, which is what it was hyped on social media. They lose to Villanova. They bounce back, and they win. They don't just win. They win big. Uh, Creighton, folks, is a legitimate top-10 team all year. They are a final four contender. Stock up for the Blue Jays. Uh, my two cents here. Uh, you know, penny stocks on on, on my thoughts here. Um, there were there's talk of Butler um, behind Baylor having the best resume in the country uh, when it comes to March, and Creighton kind of wiped the floor with them. Really impressive. Definitely, I think they're going to be there all year. Uh, and I, I guess we got two more. Here's another one. A little under the radar one here, folks. Quiet one. Stock up Northeastern Huskies. They're currently undefeated 4-0 in the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Association. They Represent. are they are 11-5, 4-0 in the conference. They've won six games in a row, including at Michigan State. Now, there was no bridges in that game, but they still won at Michigan State. They've won at Oakland. You talked about that game, how tough that was. And, mm-hmm. their, and their last one was a 64-54 win over James Madison. Gus, I'm sorry, to give uh, them their first conference loss. Matt James Madison, very good first conference loss this year. They are led by 6'3 senior guard TJ Williams, who is averaging 21.1 points per game. One of these under-the-radar guys no one's talking about. The Huskies have made the tournament two years ago as a 14 seed. I remember we watched that game together in uh, the uh, start of the uh, tournament. They gave Notre Dame all they could handle in that opening round game before losing 69-65. Coach Bill Cohen's in his 10th year there. They are a live CAA team. They should put the country on notice. Stock up, Gus. 
Northeastern Huskies. Wow. Represent the CAA. And I do remember watching that game with you and thinking like, I don't know if I can name another player on Northeastern right now, but they did give Notre Dame all they can handle. You know what? I feel like the CAA is always live every year, regardless of their seed. Um, uh, I can, you know, since we're, you know, going to go hometown here, uh, JMU won the playing game and then played Indiana kind of tight, not tight, but they, you know, they were competitive for half when they were the number one seed. Yeah. The CAA is going to be live every year. And if they're the representative of the CAA this year, people better be on alert. Totally true. And my last one, my last stock up is going to be out in the desert. And I talked about this before the Mm -hmm. Arizona Wildcats. Gus, they have reeled off after tonight. 10 wins in a row after losing 69-62 without not only Alonzo Trier, but their starting point guard Parker Jackson Cartwright mm-hmm. uh, in that game against in that game against Butler. Listen, I repeat, they've played 10 games, Gus, without their leading score, 11 games rather, and their starting point guard, and they've won 9 in a row, 10 in a row now. So they have played 11 games without their leading score from last year and their starting point guard, and they've won 10 in a row. At Cal, tricky game. They won that. At Stanford, blowout win. Last two, Utah and Colorado won those. They beat Arizona State tonight. And Jackson uh, Cartwright, he he was coming back from a high ankle sprain. He had zero points and I got very few minutes. So it was another game he could rest. You talked about Alonzo Trier. I don't – he will be back. I feel like Trier will be back. We don't know what it mm-hmm. is because his privacy rules. But already Sean Miller's hinted at it. When he comes back, which he will at some point – Watch out for this team. This is a top five talented team that could crash that party with those top five or six schools, and they want something to prove because they want to get back to the Final Four. They lost to Wisconsin a couple of years ago in a great Elite Eight game. Stock up for me, Gus, Arizona Wildcats. Ah, wow. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Arizona. I feel like every season I'm a little bit on the Arizona bandwagon. And you know what? I'm going to echo what you mentioned earlier in the podcast can we just start talking about Coach Miller as Coach of the Year right now? Yeah, I would put him. It would be my guy. I think he's done a great job. Larry Markkinen, he's Kobe Simmons he's working with. He had no point guard. I'm with you. I know the big the big coaches are great, but I think he's done the best, best job. Well, we, I think we include his name with the big coaches too. I, I don't know why we would leave his name out of that equation. No, no. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that has that Final Four. That's the only reason, but that, not, not a valid reason. It's just, it's just a reason. Yeah, maybe, maybe this year will be the year, like you're, like you're um, uh, mentioning in your stock up. Um, I'm just going to give a little teaser for my stock up next round. Go for it. Shemi Ojale. That's my little tease for my Ooh, stock up. I, like um, I have some, uh, I have some off the radar stock ups um, for our next round. Um, uh, you know what I, you know what I never like doing. I never like hating. But are you hating on a couple of teams, Mike Randall? I am, and this is just stock down. It can change, and I don't like being negative, but these are teams right now that I'm a little bit down on, and I have my okay. reasons. The first stock down, which can definitely change, it's going to hurt you a little, is the Indiana Hoosiers. Ah. They're 11-6 and six overall. They're just 1-3 in conference. In that time period, they have lost three consecutive games at home. Nebraska, Louisville, Wisconsin. Tough teams, Tough. totally agree, but losing at home, not something that's expected in Bloomington. They just lost to at Maryland. Uh, the only saving grace in between was a 96-80 win over Illinois at home. Let us not forget that they lost earlier this year to Indiana, Purdue, Fort Worth, Fort Wayne, rather, which by itself is not that bad. 
but if you compile it, doesn't look good. The hot seat is very warm for Tom Crean, who has struggled in his prior eight seasons and has not achieved the expectations they have there. Thomas Bryant was my first team All-American to start. He has struggled to score, and their lack of a true point guard is really killing them in the Big Ten. They got Michigan State Gus. They got at Michigan. They got a feisty Northwestern team on the road. This is a tough upcoming schedule for a team that has started the year by giving Kansas their only loss of the season. Gus, right now, stock down for me, Indiana. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, this, I, you know, we we talked about, you know, we hyped up our um, preseason Final Four picks. This was one of my Final Four picks. Um, so I, I, I'm a little saddened by your stock down, but I think I can do nothing but agree with it right now. Um, you know who? You know the one thing that is really bothering me. It's that I think we both expected Thomas Bryant to play at a little higher level. And he hasn't uh, he's only shown us like glimpses. There hasn't been this extended view of this higher level play that we were expecting. And um, maybe as Big Ten season rolls on, he's going to hit that. But I think we're both still kind of searching for it in the lost and found. Yeah. And and he's got to play well because he's, he's a very emoting guy on the court. And when they're going well. That looks like passion. It's great. When they're not doing going well, it looks like it's bad team chemistry. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it looks like bad, 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 bad body language. Bad body yeah. language. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, second team, again, a little surprise, a little America East Conference, Gus. I'm going to say mm. stock down for the Albany Great Danes. No. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe this. Crazy. My wife is a Stony Brook grad, so I've been very into the America East. I've been her and her brother have been huge Stony Brook fans. We've been really rooting for them, paying attention. They had trouble getting over the hump, and Albany was always the stumbling block. Vermont a little bit, but Albany especially. Over the last five years, Albany has been the dominant team in the America East. 2012-13, conference champs made the NCAA tournament. 2013-2014, conference champs made the NCAA tournament. 14-15, they were regular season and conference champs and made the NCAA, and that great Peter Hooley shot her around the world uh, out there in Australia, um, beating Stony Brook 51-50. Last year, 13-3 to in conference, and they finished second. So they have dominated this conference with success. But this year, Gus, they've started 0-3 in the America East. They're just 9-9 overall. They lost at UMass Lowell, bad loss, at Stony Brook, and home against UNH. And in that Stony Brook game, and I think you're going to talk about this in the future, yeah. they allowed Stony Brook to score the last 21 points of the game and ended up losing that game by two. They were up 19 points and lost by two points. No layups, no free throws, nada. Just a bad performance by Albany so far. So right now, you got to write the ship. And until you do, Gus, it's stock down Albany Great Danes. Yeah, you hate to see. Yeah, they have been the the um, standard bearer in that conference for the past couple of years. But it seems like they have just fallen off the deep end big time. Um, you hate to again. We hate to hate, but stock down Great Danes. Yeah, totally true. And and. and Listen, they can turn it around, but they're getting buried in the back now a little bit. So, uh, And last one, we'll go, believe it or not, not going to believe this one, stock down for the Duke Blue Devils. Ooh, Mike Randall, okay. I, I can't wait to hear your rationale here. Give it to us. Let's go to court, okay? And I'll sit here and you tell me if this argument makes sense. Forget okay. the, the Grayson Allen issues. This team does not have their legendary coach, and they're simply not playing well. The freshmen are not having the impact that they have at some of the other schools. Tatum's been okay, 
but the other ones have not. They're 2-2 two and two in the last four games. They got pounded at Florida State. They got pounded at Virginia Tech. And they failed to even look good at home to Boston College, where they were up 22 points, and it got whittled down to 7 with a minute 30 left. I mean, that is not yeah. a good Boston College team. No. Harry Giles, I know the potential. I haven't seen it yet. He's got to play better. He's got to have increased scoring and rebounding inside. Jefferson is hurt now, which, which, which really damages them, the senior leadership and the inside rebounding. Just a real mess. Two and two in the in the ACC. By the way, Saturday there at Louisville, you'll talk about this one. You're going to make yeah. it two and three. They're going to be under 500 in conference in mid January for the Dukies. That's rarefied air, and so is Stockdown. Wow, excellent breakdown. Holy smokes, that's not where I thought you were going to be going. I kind of like maybe not knowing where you're going to go. Stock up, stock down. Wow, the Emil Jefferson point is so well taken. You know, we always talk about these glue guys. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Arizona point guard, um, how he's kind of the glue guy for that team, and him coming back really solidified a whole bunch of things. Um, I think as long as Emil Jefferson's out, I think they're in trouble. I'm with you. I think stock down. Um, great breakdown, the Dukies and their troubles. Wow. I, I'm a little taken aback by your last stock down, Mike Randall. Holy smokes. Well, there, there are my stock down and stock up. We're going to do three each. Next time, Gus is going to give you his, which I can't wait to hear. Three stock up, three stock downs based on momentum. And the way we're going to look at it, folks, is if the tournament was starting tomorrow, who would be the teams that we would kind of be a little cool on or a little hot on, depending? But the only way I know, Gus, in a little unseasonably warm day today here in the East Coast, uh, let's take a little walk outside and hit Broadway. I, I say let's let's take the heavy jacket off and maybe uh, go go T-shirt. Does that sound okay on Broadway? Sounds good. Okay. On Broadway. What we'll do, folks, here is we'll give you a rundown of the games in time order on Saturday, and then we got a quick one on Sunday. Gus, I'll start because I feel like the apocalypse is upon us on this game. The one we'll start with on Saturday is noon. It's number 19, Virginia, traveling to Clemson. This is a game that Clemson must have. No doubt about it. They had won nine games in a row, and now this is a last stand. They need this game badly. They lost three games in a row in conference. Do you remember what those games were? UNC UNC 82-81 in overtime. They're up... Uh, with by one with 142 left, they lost the game by 389-86. Up 66-64 with three minutes left at Notre Dame, they lost 75-70. And then tonight they had a terrible loss at Georgia Tech, 75-63. It's one of those mediocre teams on the road in conference that you got to beat if you're going to make the tournament. It really wasn't competitive. The last time Clemson had a lead tonight was at this under-17 mark. That's a marginal ACC opponent. I liked Blossom game, Jerron Blossom game. Had him on my first team All-American, I believe. I think it was first team, right? I think I had him on first team. Yeah, yeah, you had yeah. him very high. I like him, 18-6. and six. The fact is, that's all they got. Uh, Brad Brown now is on the hot seat big time. The, what, his, what he's done so far, NCAA second round in 2010-2011, and that's it. Six consecutive years of no NCAA tournament, Gus, with the national champions in football and Dabo Sweeney right down the hall, the UNC Wilmington and former Wright State head coach may be calling that place again. They must get this game because it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, I'm, I think there's something to your football championship pressure that's going to be applied to this particular basketball season for Clemson. And your rundown of the games that they kind of had control over and then lost control over late is just painting a really, really bad picture for the Tigers. I couldn't agree with you more that they're in super desperation mode here. 
So you kind of want to see how they fight Claw and Scratch. But if you're going to fight Claw and Scratch, I think the last team that you want to do that against is UVA. <laughs> so I think they're in a tough spot. Um, the game is definitely worth a watch. Um, and you kind of want to see how Clemson responds. Do they follow the script from the last couple of games and play tough first half, um, hang around second half, and then lose late? Or are they going to finally flip the script for themselves and find a way to win one of these games against these ranked opponents? I don't know. So it's worth the watch just for that. Um, hey, how about we go to 12 o'clock, seven, number seven Duke at number 14 Louisville? Quentin Snyder versus Grayson Allen matchup is worth watching for sure at the point guard position. Um, did Louisville get a wake-up call with Pitt? Or will Luke Kennard be the next team that goes for like 40-plus against Louisville? I, I don't think he's going to pull an artist. Um, I, I think that uh, things are going to – I think Kennard's going to have a tough time scoring because of Louisville's length. I think that's going to be the difference here. It's going to make the usual fluid Duke offense – that's really efficient, work hard for every shot, around every pick, every entry pass. Um, and here's what I'm going to say is the difference. I don't think Duke's going to get any offensive rebounds. I think there's going to be no putbacks. I think they're going to clean up on the defensive glass, and then they're going to start their offense, and they're going to control tempo that way. And you know what I bet, too? I bet Mitchell gives us a nice sports center highlight dunk somewhere um, that really puts the exclamation mark on this win for uh, for Louisville. So I'm going to I think we're both on the same boat here, but I'm going to go ahead and call it first. I'm calling Louisville for the outright win here. You got it. Double digits. That's the only that's the only final score. It's going to be Duke. Louisville is going to win this game by double digits. Duke's going to be in a free fall. Krzyzewski's out for a while. Capel's not the same. Jefferson's coming back from injury. Grayson's going to get in a fight with someone. Enough. No chance. No chance Duke's win this game. Better no. hope it's not Mitchell. Mitchell no, will knock his block off. Yeah, that, this, is, this, could, this could be a combustible game. Uh, no chance Duke's winning. Zero. Wow. I lo- I, I'm I'm 100% with you, but I love that you're going 0%. 0%. 0%. Well, yes. I'm sorry. Canard's uh, going to have 30. Or well, let me go. Grayson Allen's going to really – he's going to recover. No, he's, he's really got his mind all set, right, when he gets dunked on here. Yeah, enough. Dang Adele. Okay, please. Next game, please. <laughs> All right, let's go 2 p.m. 2 p.m., we got our big showdown. We got number nine, Florida State, at number uh, 11, UNC. And UNC has been shown they, – they've shown propensity to be a little flimsy on D as of late. But that's not going to fly with Florida State. If you're going to do that, then this game is going to be over fast um, because Florida State has been playing a little bit out of their heads recently, as we mentioned earlier. Um, you know what I think here? Here's what I think here. Florida State's going to suffer a little bit of the upset hangover here. We've talked about the upset hangover um, uh, affecting other teams. Um, They put so much effort into that Duke game, and they've already beaten UVA. I I don't know if they can pull off another giant win um, without, like, leveling off a little bit. So I think this is just like a – you know, the the water is leveling here as far as Florida State is is going. I'm not going to say they're going to totally blow up and get blown out. But I'm going to say UNC pulls away late. And here's the other thing, too. Can we please watch Joel Berry put up about 25 in another big game? There's no doubt that he will. Here's why. He put up 31 in that OT win against Clemson when UNC really needed some points on the road. He put up 24 against uh, Jawan Evans in Oklahoma State 
in a like top level point guard, top level point guard matchup. Uh, another Bob Cousy finalist, uh, uh, Bronson Caning from from Wisconsin. He put up 22 on him and went. Don't forget the matchup against Kentucky, where he played Fox to a virtual standstill and put up 23 on Fox. So, do you see the trend here? We do. Expect things, big things from Joel Berry in this game, and he'll, he might be the difference maker that gives UNC the win here. Really interested in this game. UNC at home with Pinson back. This could be a roll game. I like Florida State. I think they're tough. I think they're battle-tested on the road. On their road, I think it should be a close game either way. Really excited to watch this game. Of course, I go with UNC with the win, but I love it. I love it. It's an exciting game. Really looking forward to this game. It's going to be very, very close. And another game coming up, Gus, at 2 p.m., same time. Number 15, Xavier, at number 12, Butler. I view this one as a big game for Xavier, but a bigger game for Butler. Xavier had won seven in a row to start the season. Then they lost versus Baylor and at Colorado. Back-to-back losses, they ride the ship. They won six in a row before getting crushed at Villanova, which is no shame national champions. They could lose this game. It is a road game, but they have that sort of hall pass, Miles Davis is still not right, okay? He played 13 minutes, scored zero points. He was a 10-point-per-game guy last year, 163 points attempts. That's a huge built-in alibi. So if Xavier doesn't win this game, I think they have their mental mindset, no problem. We've lost two before. We'll get it going in the right direction. Mm. Uh, Xavier is uh, Davis is back now after that suspension involving a criminal charge with his ex-girlfriend. So to win on the road at Butler with him coming back not in shape is going to be tough. If they pull it off, I think it's a massive, massive win. But I do want to see if the real Butler's going to stand up. The team that lost at Indiana State 72-71, that lost at St. John's 76-73, and lost at Creighton 75-63. Or are they the team that beat Villanova at home, beat Cincinnati, beat Indiana, and they blew out Providence and won at Georgetown? I'm curious to see how they bounce back in this game. Look, the, the one defining factor, and you mentioned it with the final scores of the games that they lost, is tempo. They need to control the tempo. If the game's in the 60s, it's a Butler-type game. If it gets into the 70s, just like you mentioned, with Indiana State, with St. John's, and with Creighton, they have trouble. And, again, let's go back to the screener-screener equation. If player X you know, plays a certain way for, for team Y, they have no chance to beat team Z. So... Um, we're going to put it on Keelan Martin again. If he plays well here, I think they have a chance to win. But I'm with you on Xavier. Um, they need to integrate Miles as best they can. Uh, it's an intriguing matchup. And again, when isn't the Big East a grind? This Big East is just, man, you can't get away from it. Like, there's, there's no escaping. There's no easy game for anybody anywhere. Also, tipping at the same time, 2 o'clock. We got number 20, Notre Dame, going down to Virginia Tech. Just going to call it right now. Take the Hokies. Go ahead. Book it. I'm not sure what the line is yet. They haven't released it. I'm going to say take the Hokies. Notre Dame just squeaked by Miami on the road this week, and it is so tough to win back-to-back road games in the ACC. Take Buzz and his selfless team at home for another huge ACC win. Uh, Notre Dame is 4-0 in conference. Uh, for the first time in program history, their 15-2 and two start matches their best start under Mike Bray. You know what that speaks to me? They might be due for a loss. So I'm going to say let's take Buzz. They're playing really well. They've got that loss out of the way after the Duke upset. I think it's going to be a live game. Uh, worth a watch. Take the Hokies, people. 
Uh, I'm going to go the other way on this one, Anya. Mm. I, I I like Notre. I think Notre Dame is really really good. I I think that Virginia Tech had the big win against Duke at home, but they have concerned me in how they've played since then. Very up and down. Dropped right out of the rankings. Got blasted on the road a couple times. I'm not so sure that Virginia Tech is battle-tested enough. Tonight, Notre Dame came into Miami. They were an underdog by four points. I kind of thought that one was a fishy line. It wasn't. Notre Dame wins the game outright in Miami. Laranega, tough team. I like them. I like them going in here. I'm curious to see what the line would be. But let's, like we split last time, and you nailed it, and I didn't. So certainly logic says Buzz will be up 20 points to the half. Um, I like, I kind of like Notre Dame here. I think they're battle-tested. I put it tonight on Twitter. If VJ Beecham scores, this team's a Final Four contender. And so I'm going to go Notre Dame. We'll split on this one. Let's see who's right. Okay, uh, but but no avatar like bet on this game. We're just we're just gonna like go head to head, and that's okay. Why would I want to get rid of John Denver? <laughs> John Denver is a great avatar. It's awesome. Take me home. <laughs> Uh, speaking of taking me home, let's take it home with number one Baylor at number 25, Kansas State. You know what? I think you have to talk about Baylor. I don't mean to pass this off on you, but these are your guys. You're heavily invested in them. Can you just tell the people what's going to happen in this game and what to look for, please? Yeah, I, I, this is uh, this great team's bounce back here. They can't lose two in a row and challenge Kansas. All right, if they're going to lose, because Kansas isn't going to lose a lot of games, right? It's been 13 years. They, they don't lose, you know, they went on the road, tough game at TCU. They won that game, got tested a little bit because Jordan Woodard came back and had a great game, won at Oklahoma. Baylor's got to win this game. If they want to win, if they want to win the Big 12, I'll say it right now. I know it's early in the year. I don't care. They have mm-hmm. to win this game. Uh, if they're if they're not going to run, and they ran against Louisville a little bit, they had a little flow going. But if they're not going to fast break and they're going to go with the slow down offense and the slow down minimum possessions, Jonathan Motley has got to touch the ball every time. He's the yeah. best player. He can create, do a lot of things. He can shoot it. He can attack from the high post. But they don't have a lot of breakdown players. So if they're not going to run, and they can, they can with Ishwain Wright. They can with those with Al Freeman. But if they're not going to do that that much, then Motley's got to get his touches because if he gets eight points, they're not winning. They're not winning. They're not built to win that way. Every Correct. single set in some way. They limit possessions. They don't get easy baskets. That's what they do. Kansas State's a dangerous, dangerous team. Weber ha- should have had at least overtime in the Mahalik 12-step game. They lost by one at Texas Tech. Big 12's <laughs> a grind. <laughs> Just let that go. Baylor needs this win to stay in the upper echelon. Dean Wade and Wesley Awundu had their way inside against Kansas with 37 combined points. I'm not sure what we get here, Gus, but I know this is a huge, huge game. Kansas State wins. It's a great win for Kansas State. No no doubt about it. Octagon of doom. We love octagons. Who doesn't? It's fine. Stop signs. It's great. But Baylor wins this game. It's sort of a get-right game. It's like, yeah, we're good, and we're going to be here for a while. But I'd be concerned if they lost two in a row. It's a coin flip. My heart roots for Baylor, but we're not in the frat house anymore, so I don't know what's going to happen. Hey, enjoy the stay down the block at the one-loss frat house, okay? Uh, Shemek and I are going to you know, grill up some burgers uh, for the bench players. They were so good, too, those burgers. Uh, they were delicious. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see what lure uh, Mark Few is using uh, in the pond in the back, and see if I can, you know, do some catch and release with him. Um, but honestly, I want Baylor back at the top level. Um, I don't want them to go into some sort of spiral. I want them to still be competitive. I want. I want them. I want them at the top of the mountain. I want them back in the frat house. That's what it comes down to. I want them back in. It's more fun with them. I want to challenge John Motley to ping pong. 
Can we get them back in the frat house, please? Can they please win this game against Kansas State? That's what I'm rooting for. I, I, I'm not picking this game. I'm just simply rooting for Baylor. Listen, I don't want to get you too excited, but we're down in the other frat house now. And we're, as I was yelling at that police officer, which we don't encourage, of course, on my way away from the frat house, we were going down to prep St. Mary's. And St. Mary's, I know it's Portland. I know that tonight. They're up 37 to 9 at the half. <laughs> okay. So, Gus, I know it's Portland. I know. But, like, if this was, like, 23-23, I would be worried. Yeah. We're going to be ready to go. We're, okay. we're talking to them. Baylor's down there. Motley's there. Scott Drew's angry. We're prepping them. We're coming to Gonzaga. 10 o'clock, Saturday, get your popcorn. So uh, we're just going to throw out one more thing before we get to our St. Mary's Gonzaga. Hey, it's a comet alert. Get your telescope out. Number four, UCLA is at Utah, people. This might be a fishy line come Saturday. We're going to keep an eye on this. The Utes need a win in the worst way. They have athletes. Um, UCLA isn't going to win every Pac-12 game, are they? Um, uh, Utah is pounding, just pounding a ranked USC team right now. Um, so is it USC or is it Utah? I, I, I don't know. So can we, can we please – can we please just enjoy viewing the Bruins one more time? Um, whoever the announced team is for this out there, we're looking forward to the West Coast announced team. Um, but really what we need to get to, thank goodness, 10 o'clock Saturday night. Again, Osweiler's going to throw a pick. The Pats are going to be up 27. And you're going to tune to 21-ranked St. Mary's at number five, Gonzaga. Can everybody just please watch and see how Gonzaga is hosting this frat party solo. It's not a lot of pressure, but I just want you to see how they operate. I want you to see how Shemek's operating in the grill. I want you to see how the guys are on the dance floor. I want to see who's sitting at the ping pong table now. You want to see who's behind the DJ booth. Will they falter under this pressure of hosting it? Will they falter under the pressure of being the last undefeated team in the nation? Here's what I'm scared of. I'm so scared of Hermanson finding some openings in the corner and hitting big shots to sink this Gonzaga party. You know what? I just can't wait. Enough talk. I bet Mark Few has a couple of surprises up his sleeve for this game. And I also think that both Frosh big men for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, both Tilly and Collins, are going to be the difference here. Look for one or both of them to go for double digits. And also, please admire Pay attention to the post-passing that both of them and the chef Karnowski uh, demonstrate in the post, passing out of the post, high post, low post, um, kicking out for threes, skip passes. These guys are so skilled. They're so well coached. Please, can everybody just enjoy the beauty that's going to take place on offense in this game? I can't wait for this game, Mike Randall. It is our final four picks going head-to-head in the WC. We've waited a while for it, my friend. This is a 10 o'clock Saturday night game in Gonzaga, as tough to win as anywhere. St. Mary's is experienced. They'll be ready to go. They've got to stay out of foul trouble. Landell's got to be an issue. He can't be in foul trouble. He's got to keep drawing the double teams. They'll be ready to go. I don't think it's a blowout. I think it's going to be a very close game. I've gotten a lot of hate on Twitter. St. Mary's isn't that good. No, they're good. They're good. And if they somehow find a way to pull this off, I think people will realize it. Just give me a close game. Give me a close game. Fine, Gossett's a shot, Tilly, I'll take it, no problem. Just don't want to blow out like that Baylor game. But I expect it to be good, we've hyped it up, and I can't wait. We'll be watching, I hope other people will be as well. Oh yeah, please everybody tune in, it's going to be a great game. Um, 
And uh, anything else we need to pay attention to, Mike Randall? Yeah, last, just real quick one on Sunday. Sunday sort of a light slate. The only one I kind of want to mention is uh, 7.30, Iowa, who had a massive comeback win tonight against Purdue. Uh, oh, wow. They, yeah, they came back and won 3-2 in the Big Ten. Uh, they're going to go on the road at Northwestern. We're rooting for Northwestern. It's been 67 yes. years since they got in the NCAA tournament. We went through this last year. They were like 10-1 and to start the year. They're 13-4 and now. They're 2-2 two and two in conference. you got to get this game. you got to beat McCaffrey. It's Peter Jock, and that's pretty much it. You've got to beat them at home. Rooting for Chris Collins, rooting for Northwestern. 7.30 p.m., you know, get some nachos or something. Sit around and give this one a quick look. Yeah, I think after you tune, uh, after you tune out of football, might be a good flip, right? Definitely, 100%. Hey, um, screen the screener listeners. We're just going to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with us. We hope that we help fill whatever empty time that you have, um, whether it be on your commute or if you're, I don't know, shoveling snow or maybe you're putting away your, your, your holiday decorations and putting them back in the Tupperware. We hope that we're helping you accomplish those things. Um, So thank you, listeners out there. Please keep spreading the good vibe that is the Screener Screener podcast. Um, Man, did you – Mike, did the technology department get an invite to the frat party? How did they get in there and like record all that stuff? And and like did they follow the the police officers around? I'm blown away by the technology department and what the access that they're able to give the listeners. Thank you, technology department. Technology Mount Mama. And I know that, uh, you know, Bell Jar has been getting pushed out by some other, uh, you know, some other excellent soundtracks. Uh, We just want to say thank you to the boys. Keep rocking on. Thanks for the intro and outro music. Um, And uh, we're we're just honored, uh, humbled, and uh, we appreciate all the love that you guys are uh, spreading for the Screen the Screener podcast, whether it be uh, via Twitter or email or or just tuning in. So thank you guys, everybody, for, for giving us some attention. Thank you, folks. I hear John Denver right now, my friend. Here he comes, <laughs> Mountain Mama. We're on our way out. Screen the Screener podcast, guys. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, College Basketball Podcast on YouTube. We appreciate the support. We love college basketball. We love that you're listening. Thanks so much. Hey, Mike Randall, one more question for you. Is Dwayne Bacon going to screen the screener? Or is he going to set the screen? What is Dwayne Bacon going to do? Dwayne Bacon's always going to set the screen, my friend, because he's open and he's flammable. 29 points against Virginia. That's 170 points against everybody else. We'll see you next time. Screen the Screener podcast. Thanks, everybody. Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees. Younger than the mountains Growing like a breeze Country roads Take me home To the place